And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. Yeah, to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. This is a very special episode we're doing um we've we're releasing a bunch of episodes in between the holidays and stuff so i greatly appreciate you being here um today we have megan knight on the show um this jersey girl has really you know broke out over the last year or so i think i think she's got a unique sound she's got more of that pop sound um that you know we don't we don't do a lot of on this show the pop i don't think um, and maybe we need to, I don't know. Um, but I really love talking to Megan. I think she's got a, I think she's got a great sense of the industry. Um, I'm very, very, very interested to see what else she does and what she comes out with. I think what she's doing is great. It's interesting. Um, again, definitely not what I'm used to or what I necessarily would go after for, you know, if I was listening to something, but I do like her story and I like what she's doing. So I've, I've actually really gotten a better grasp on the music she's, she's released and which is what this show is about, right? It's always what I've wanted it to be is, you know, really not be sure about um, the music and then hear the story and then really be sure about the music. So I really like what she's doing. Um, you know, and I think it's great. I think what she's going to accomplish in the next year or two is going to be, outstanding and um it's she's going to be one of those people you don't want to miss so without further ado here is megan knight um thank you megan for being on the show i apologize this is taking a little while to come out but um and here we are uh, megan knight enjoy artist friends local friends and everybody looking for a little bit of nashville here in central mass come check out off the rails in worcester you can go see their website, offtherailsworcester.com. They have their restaurant menu. They have their venue schedule. Go check them out. Real good friends of ours here at the show. You don't want to miss out on this place, offtherailsworcester.com. Again, restaurant, a little taste of Nashville, and a great music scene. Come check it out. Hello. Hey, Megan. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's... Oh God! What's today? I don't even know what day it is. When is it? Tuesday. Wednesday? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Oh, jeez. Oh, the day, the week's been going by so fast already. Can't you tell? Oh my gosh, it has. The only way I know the day of the week, to be honest, is because I know I have a show tomorrow. So that always keeps me in line. Yeah, yeah. My my, the days just go by so fast. I I you know I work full time during the day and then do this. So it's like I. The days just blend until the weekend comes, and then I'm like, "Oh, I have a show to cover," or, you know, oh, "I got a family thing I got to do." It's it's nuts. Hey, I mean, I'd rather be busy than bored, though. That's my motto. <laughs> oh hell yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I told you, you know, this is about you. You know, I want you to, I'm going to let you go and tell your story and I'm going to jump in as I have questions for things that come up. Awesome. Sounds good. So the floor is yours, madam. Okay. So thank you so much for having me on sure. the Beacon Whiskey podcast. I really appreciate it. Of course. So I have been a full-time musician for 11 years now, which feels absolutely insane, but I'm very grateful for each passing day. Um, I started with kind of a rock alternative background. I was majorly into 90s music um, when I first got into music in general, um, kind of thanks to the game rock band and Guitar Hero, to be honest. <laughs> I spent so much time playing that game that I was like, I'm wasting so much time playing a game. Why don't I learn how to play guitar in real life? And I did. And I never thought I'd be pursuing um, music for the rest of my life. But I, it kind of naturally happened um, because my mom forced me to an open mic the first time I ever performed. I was always very shy. I never wanted to perform for anyone. And um, the first time I ever played that venue asked to hire me. And that's how I kind of fell into this career path, it was all kind of like aligned, I guess some people say. And that gig led to another and another. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm meant to do. So that's how I got into music um, originally. And then when I was 13 years old, hired to sing at a backyard party and a man, Gene Stevenson, asked to send my music to people he knew down south. And I got connected with Gary Nichols, who at the time was in the Steel Drivers, which is a bluegrass band that um, Chris Stapleton used to front. Yeah. And uh, Gary kind of took me under his wing and got me working um, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And I've been working there ever since. Wow. That, yeah. So that, you really went from nothing to something. Yeah, it's been a very crazy, but very grateful for every step along the way. That's insane. Now, is that where you are now is in Alabama or are you? So right now I am in New Jersey. I play a show in New Hope, Pennsylvania tomorrow. And then on Sunday, I'll be flying out to Alabama. Nice. Now, is, is Jersey home? Yes. So born and raised in Jersey and just, you know, music just just kind of came to you. Yes. It, so I've had family that were always in bands and I guess subconsciously that impacts you as a kid giving you like a love for music but I never sure. imagined that I'd be working in Nashville and Alabama in my lifetime but it's just kind of all aligned and that's where I wound up and I absolutely love it and I really honestly can't imagine my life any other way yeah now for for what you're doing between you know Nashville Jersey Alabama like how how different is it for you creatively when you go to these different places do you get something different out of muscle shoals that you didn't get out of nashville and out of jersey and you know vice versa between you know between the three oh 100 percent like 100 percent. so i am very big on like energy i've always been very sensitive to energy and like pick up on everything and that's why i love traveling so much is because everything it was like a completely different experience. I feel like when you sure. leave your hometown or you leave like the your state and um, you just meet people of all different walks of life that influence you and you influence them. And I think that's 
what life is all about, but it has significantly changed um, the way I write and create music. Um, the difference between Nashville and Muscle Shoals is, you know, Muscle Shoals was kind of where Aretha Franklin, Etta James, um, Wilson Pickett, they all like recorded there. So they have that kind of like soulful edge where yeah, yeah. Nashville is much more the um, country pop, which I love that sound. Yeah. But right now, it's been kind of my mission to merge the two sounds into creating something a little different. So Ooh. that's the mission that I've been on lately. Ooh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. And I kind of take my rock influence from the Jersey area because there's a good rock scene here. At least there used to be when right. I grew up. And um, <laughs> so I'm kind of blending. Are there any, you know, not that you say that, are there any actual rock bands from Jersey anymore that are <laughs> any good? I think War on Drugs is from like Philly. Or, well, that's Philly. Like actually, specifically Jersey. Well, Halsey's from Jersey. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um. Did you say War on Drugs? I've never even heard of them. Oh, they're they're huge. They're like an alternative band. Oh no, kidding. Um, there's a really cool band, rock band from Philly called Dead Fellow that I found years ago at a 104.5 festival I went to, and they put out like I think two records, and I fell in love with their music but they're underrated. I'm like, man, there's so many great artists that people just don't even know about. Yeah. You know, I, and that's, that's what I found with even doing this show is like the independent country scene is, you know, light years away from the stuff you hear on the radio. And it's a million, to me, a million times better. I, I love the underground scene. I've always been very much in it, like just observing different shows in my area or even like, walking around the outskirts of Nashville or, you know, going down the strip in Florence, Alabama, there's like a strip of different restaurants and eateries and you'll walk in and there'll be a Grammy winner literally playing in the corner. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And like, nobody knows, but it's just like, it's crazy. It is crazy how much talent is in this world. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I love that you said that about, you know, the Grammy winners, (laughs) you know, in the, in the corner of a bar, because it's like, I think like regular people that just listen to music to to listen to it, you know, they think that everybody that's ever been, you know, up for an award is, you know, like a multimillionaire. And it's just mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. And it's so many people, I, I'm meeting more and more people nowadays that are the writers of these huge hits that are making people millions of dollars, but they get like their certain percent. Right. And- they don't understand how much of a grind it is. They they have these mass successes and it's still like you're constantly trying to go on this uphill battle that is insane. I remember like a month ago, I was on the phone with um, a guy that works for Mercury Records and he was telling me um, just, just basic advice and like giving me some sort of direction. And he's like, to be in this business, are you insane? I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. But I really can't see anything else for my life but literally anyone in the business will tell you like getting into this business you gotta be a little crazy because it is not easy no it's not it's it's a grind even you know even from my ass my side of it you know the the quote-unquote journalism media coverage side it's it's a it's a rat race Oh, a hundred percent. But I, I'm in love with it. I can't imagine having something I didn't have to fight for every day. You know, it, yeah. it's kind of thrilling in a way, I guess. So Megan, at what point, what was it? 11, 10 years, whatever, whatever, however long it was that you said to yourself, you know what? Screw this. I have to do this full time. Was there a moment 
was there a show? Was there a contract? Was there a dollar amount that was thrown at you that you could do this full time? Or did you just say, you know what, this is my passion. This is what I've got to do. Forget everything else. So it wound up being a domino effect of me just saying yes. Um, I, there's like a quote I heard so many years ago, and it's just about kind of being the yes man and see to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started getting offered different gigs and stuff, random opportunities that presented themselves, and I just said yes. And all my yeses just kind of wound up turning into a full-time job, to be honest. Um, so it just naturally happened. I just followed where I felt the universe was guiding me and it brought me here. That's awesome. I love that. I absolutely love that, you know, because we're, we're trying to make this show like an entity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I'm learning a lot from, from my guests on how they, they approached it and Mm -hmm. you know, how we're approaching it. And it's very, very interesting and very similar because at, at a certain point you just have to say, you know, screw it. This is what we're doing. Oh, 100%. And if you don't throw yourself in 100%, I always say, like, it probably isn't going to work out. Right. <laughs> you right. got to go all the way in. You have to. You know, you have to. You have to make those sacrifices. And you have to just, you know, if you have a dream, you know, uh, not to quote Cody Johnson, but if you've got a dream, you got you to gotta chase it. 100%. 100%. And I always say, if you have that like thing in the back of your mind, like, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. You should really follow it, not suppress it. Cause then I feel like you're not living, you know, you're just, yeah. you know, you're just settling in life. And that could be no matter what it is. I've had friends that, um, since little kids, my one friend Taylor always wanted to work for Disney world and like HR. And that was like her life mission. And she did not give up. And literally this week, she just landed her first part-time job with Disney for HR. Like you got oh, to awesome. fight for the voice, you know, and it wasn't easy. She had to like work on a golf course for like a bunch of years, do like the college and and do all these little things to lead you to that path. But no matter yeah. what you're doing in life, you just got to like go all the way and just not take no for an answer and just work your way through it. Right, right. Because it's it's not always just handed to you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's instances where it just falls in your lap, right? But, right. you know, but even that, you know, you have to have some sort of grind before something just falls into your lap. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not like you're sitting on the couch one day watching TV and then the next day it's, uh, hey, I'm a full-time... Hey, everyone, don't forget to check out our friends over at theafterglowboutique.com. That's theafterglowboutique.com. Or if you're local, they have a great shop at 43 Main Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All Boots and Whiskey podcast listeners get 20% off at checkout with the promo code BOOTS. That's B-O-O-T-S at checkout for 20% off at theafterglowboutique.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you musician <laughs> yep and that applies with anything in life that applies with if you want to go be a nurse it's going to be a lot of school it's going to be yeah. a lot of hours of work put in before you become this like thing you want to be you know for anything musician writer any aspect of this business yeah absolutely now what for where you are in jersey how far are you from where you grew up so i'm still in my childhood home right Atta now girl <laughs> a girl still right here and I've thought about it I'm kind of nearing every day I'm like all right I think I'm ready to move but I don't know where I would want to go yeah so I'm kind of just chilling until the answer presents itself sure now would it for you where you are right now would it make sense to make the Nashville move would it make sense to move to Alabama does it I mean 
I honestly thought about getting like a little apartment or something in Alabama just because I fly down so frequently that I'm like, I feel like it would be less expensive to just get like a little tiny apartment and deal with that because I'm spending all this time like, you know, going out to dinners there and paying for hotels. I'm like, how much this adds up to be and rental cars because I fly into Nashville and drive there. Right. So I'm like, man, maybe that's like in my future, but I still always want my home base probably in Jersey because it's a great like place to be for the music cir- circuit in terms of touring. Yeah. So I would never move from here just because it's so great for playing shows where in Alabama, like when they want to go on tour, like it's like, okay, we're hopping in a tour bus and we're going on like cross country tour because there's not really many venues there. Right. And of course there's Nashville, but that's kind of like, you know, party town yeah so i don't know i really like being near like the jersey shores and you're near baltimore and delaware just you're you're close to it all yeah so so you're like south jersey yes gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. yeah we I, you're nice yeah we uh i have some friends that live in that area but like closer to philly and i you know i laugh at her all the time and i tell her that she's just from pennsylvania and she gets so mad at me <laughs> I'm 20 minutes from Philly, so we're yeah. probably in the same type of area. Probably, probably. Um, so how did you get to, how did you get, you know, you said that, sorry, I'm just racking my brain with our conversation already. You um, you mentioned that, you know, you got the in in Alabama and Muscle Shoals. How did you get the in in Nashville? Did that just come with the package deal, more or less? Um, I kind of just one day decided to like walk down the strip like because I so I started working in Muscle Shoals but we fly out of Nashville so I kind of just started like planning a day for you know walking around Nashville before we fly out and just from spending time on the strip you start talking to people and meeting people and things start coming together people pull you up on stage you make friends and that's kind of how it all started there just spending time I think that's why so many people move to Nashville is because literally it, it is true the networking there is amazing. Um, and you meet so many people like you where it's kind of harder, like living in Jersey. There's, of course, musicians, but it's not as many as, you know, Nashville. Right. And so that's kind of how Nashville took off for me is just word of mouth, networking, that whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. It's like it's been my whole life, this whole thing of stars aligning and, you know just say yes and talk to everyone you know that's perfect that's the way you know i love that i love how organic it is for you and if it wasn't this approach lord knows where i'd be because (laughs) i've always been a go with the wind type of person and if this wasn't the path that was presented to me i seriously have no idea where i would be right now really yeah huh now so so what did you do before you were doing music full-time so I played softball for like a lot of years and then I had an injury. So that's what led me to learn guitar. Um, oh, because, okay. Yeah. I broke my arm really bad. So I needed a different hobby. My parents bought me Uggs for Christmas and I'm like, oh, I can't like do anything with this. So how about like we trade them in and I'll buy a guitar and like spend a bunch of hours just learning that because that'll give me something to do. <laughs> um, and that's how I honestly got started. Now, did you break your arm playing softball? Yeah, but I broke it first when I was in kindergarten. Like, I fell on concrete, and it hasn't been right since. Then it just kept breaking, and, like, 
it was really gross, but like popping out when I was playing softball. So I was like, all right, I got to give up sports for sure. Damn. Yes. Damn. Now, did you do like softball competitively, like high school, college? So I only played until I was like 12, 13. So I never high school or anything. Like I never got to that level at all. Um, but I did do like travel ball and stuff like that. I played shortstop at second base. Um, but I, I, I knew in my heart that wouldn't be what I would pursue anyway, because when they threw me in the outfield at all, I'd be playing with the grass, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that wasn't my calling. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. I totally understand that. You know, I played, I played baseball my whole life and you know, I, when I turned 30 ish, I started playing like over 30 softball and like a rec league. Mm-hmm. And it was like, God, I took way too many years off in between playing for real to playing softball because now it's like you play on Sunday afternoon and it's Saturday night before I feel better again. Oh, a hundred percent. My uncle, he, he does like street hockey, like a street hockey league. And he's the same way. He's like, Oh my God, I'm so sore. Like every day. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Oh, but that means you're doing something right, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving muscles that I haven't moved in years. <laughs> um, so talk about your music a little bit and your sound. How, how what has made you want to develop the sound you have? Because it's very unique and it's very, um, it's unlike really anything I think I've ever heard because it has that, you know, it's got grit to it. Thank you. I always take that as a compliment because um, I've always wanted to just make a sound that was mine. Um, I never have been able to emulate, like, you know, people are really good at impersonations and stuff. I suck at them. So I was like, I think it really is like my thing, like this sound like me, own it, be me and pull all of my different influences and create something new. So um, like I said, I started playing like a lot of like rock music and pop and every time I'd sing rock or pop people are like you sound country so it's like rock with a country twist it's pop with country twist everything was with a country twist and then I started country music and people were like oh my god like you need to sing country and I've always loved country but putting the pieces together in context to my personal life until I kept hearing that feedback from people and my pop pop was huge into country um growing up like he played acoustic and we had western films on tv and was like <laughs> pure on school country vibes and, and i was like oh my gosh yeah i'm gonna run with this and, and that's when i sort sort of like turned to you know labeling myself as a crossover country artist so it gives me the flexibility to bring in my different music that I like um but yeah every, when everybody starts country you're like all right I'm country <laughs> but I think yeah. that now, are- now are you right right I, I agree I agree 100 percent. now are you writing your songs from life experience or just from really whatever comes to mind so honestly both um I have like a few different writing techniques that I use there's one that I will literally put on reality tv on mute and just observe and just write real sense and I've had good success with that um but for my most recent project my drama um that was totally like 
life experience um and it's also don't forget our friends over at hogwash and rhinestones.com our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwash and rhinestones.com. Starts with my first single we released, Hard Way to Go, which was about this whole story I was just telling you. Um, pursuing music full time. I sacrificed a lot of my personal life to be able to pursue that. That's what that's about. And then um, the other tracks kind of walk you through like a relationship and you know all the growing pains because relationships are where you learn your big hardest life lessons, right? So um, the whole yeah, yeah. unit between my personal life and learning all these lessons in a relationship, it was intended to go through all the stages of grief and for someone to put this record on and walk you through all the different emotions over and over and over again until you feel better um, because it's from all different points of view and a lot of contradiction and a lot of different approaches that you don't really hear in music, I feel. Like, I was feeling emotions and I couldn't find songs that were exactly the emotions that I were feeling what that I was feeling so these are the songs that I created out of that well that's awesome that you know and that's something I think that's a testament to you and your your songwriting because you don't hear a lot of that you know you hear um you know oh well all these songs spoke to me and you know so I tried to you know emulate that but the, the fact that you know you needed your own outlet and something unique I think that's awesome I feel like music is therapy and um, I think that's why from such a young age I turned to music because it was such an outlet that it always made me feel good and then I realized you can make other people feel good from playing songs and it really does touch people like that first time I was ever on stage when my mom brought me to that open mic people were crying um, from a song that I played I played Landslide um, by Fleetwood Mac seeing what music did to people changed my life forever and I was like if I can do this the rest of my life like that'd be amazing yeah now uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what did you when you made the initial thought of doing rock and pop was country even a thought did you even think about you know trying to do country or was it just something that you know so many people had told you to you know maybe try that that's when it started to sink in it's maybe a good idea so when I think back to my earliest memory before I learned guitar before anything it was never about a genre it was never about anything and when I wrote songs even it wasn't even about a genre there so um, I remember being in my room I used to love my flip video share recorder <laughs> <laughs> I used to prop it up and literally make movies with commercials and everything. I'd have like a news channel, I'd have commercials, and then I'd have like a single segment, okay? And the songs that I covered in this little karaoke segment was, went from like Jason Aldean, so yes, country, but then to like Zombie from the Cranberries, and it was all over the place. So it was never really a genre thing for me. Um, and then when I wrote songs, I just kind of played chords and it came out however it came out. So that wasn't even really 
a genre at all. So it's kind of like a very rough start and approach to my writing and direction and sound. And it took me to figure out what my genre or sound was. And that's why my influences are kind of all over the place. That was one of the biggest struggles I faced for a long time, trying to get my footing and figure out exactly which direction that I wanted to go. Um, the project I did before uh, my drama was called State of Mind. And that one was very cinematic. It was um, inspired by James Bond and the Westworld theme song. Um, <laughs> so that was a completely different direction. So I've played with everything and I've been all over the place, but country just felt the most me if that makes sense. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you have a preference, you know, if you're on a show or whatever, you know, and you get to a point where, you know, in a set where you got to do, I don't know, a cover or whatever, do you, do you have a set of covers that you prefer to play over others? And how do you mix that in with your originals? So I do, um, but it honestly depends on the crowd. I'm a big crowd reader. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of pick up on what they're into and I cater to what I feel the vibes will be. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it really does depend, but some of my favorite covers are um, I play a couple of Fleetwood Mac tunes or um, I love Marin Morris throwing a couple of her songs in there because people love her stuff. Like, yeah, they Thing along to it every time um but then i also love like old school stuff like janice joplin like me and bobby mcgee and you know you never know what you're gonna get i always throw something different in yeah no that's <laughs> I, that makes all the sense in the world you know because i <laughs> i'm famously i'm famous for saying you know i hate when original bands you know have a headlining show or whatever and then play covers and mm -hmm. um you know uh, a band I kind of follow that's up here. I saw them do a headlining show and did a bunch of covers. And I said to them after, I'm like, like, what the hell? You know, mm -hmm. and he's like, well, you know, sometimes you have to play to the audience, you know, especially if the oh. audience doesn't know your original stuff all too well. You've got to do something to, you know, keep them intrigued and keep them engaged. So and I had never thought of it that way ever. And it was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. How true that is is actually insane. Um, I've seen it play out yeah. like that a billion times, and I love that will be ten times more into your originals. It's just pulling them yeah. in. So um, yeah. I played a festival the other day, and um, I was playing like originals, and they liked the originals. There was good response from the originals, but then I played country, and there was like good, like a good reaction to country. But then I played rock, loving it, and like screaming so and then i played it um and i was playing at this awesome little farm and um i played originals they like the originals i played rock they like rock i played country they love the country so it just really audience for sure right right absolutely now what are you, what are you doing tour wise are you just doing the you know alabama Pennsylvania area? Yeah, it's pretty much um, we're trying to step of regional booking and stuff like that but um, it's so hard to pursue a full-time career with original music across country. So we're trying to figure out the logistics. I'm kind of like in that praying state and manifesting state where it's like I just hope 
um, I have an opportunity presented to me where I can do some regional touring, you know, but I, I don't know the answer. Yeah. To- now, do you have, do you have other artists in the area that you, you know, kind of attached yourself to where, you know, you, you play similar shows, you um, bounce ideas off of each other? I do. I have like quite a few friends in the circuit and um, the circuit in the tri-state is pretty similar. We're just kind of like all on rotation, which is nice. And we all support each other and are there for each other. Um, And then there's another side of things, the recording side of the business. Um, There's a great studio in Philly called Breed. And um, I go there every now and again. My good friend Maverick, we've done a couple songs together. Um, We actually have a remix dropping soon of one of my tracks off of my drama. So he introduces me to a lot of people on the R&B side and stuff like that, too, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's the, the circuit here is really cool. And like I said, the music's very diverse. It's not very oriented in just one genre. I guess that's kind of influenced my sound. That's awesome. I love that. I love how, you know, when an area isn't all the same in all of the, you know, all the sound is different. I love that. Yeah, honestly, Jer- Jersey is so very vast in their um, music selections. Is I think that's why I'm so, you know, widely ranged with my influence and all over the place with it. That's that's great. Now, what about your music for like new releases? When what is your schedule like? You know, rest of the year, this year, next year all of that um, so i hope by the end of this a remix of take it to the grave out that i recorded with my friend maverick i was just telling you about um and if it's not released by the end of this year it'll be very early next year also early next year i have a single getting released called dancing in the mirror which i'm so excited about it is a um like a country pop crossover song and you all can be in the music video. Um, I'm going to be doing a thing where you can duet like an Instagram reel or um, duet the TikTok, and I'm going to send it to my video crew and edit everybody in. So that'll- Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. That'd be really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I love when artists do that, when you can bring in the fans to um, be a part of it. Yes, I'm really excited for that. And then I have some more singles following that up as well, but be a music video um like a fan edit of the dancing in the mirror and then like an official video where it's like all produced that i recorded in huntsville alabama so there's going to be two videos for that that's awesome i love that i can't wait for that that's gonna be fun so what is that slate is that so uh, it should be like in the first quarter of next year we honestly don't even have the first edit of the music video out like sent to us yet so i honestly have no idea of an exact timeline but just soon that's great i mean it's all shot as long as it comes out right and it comes out in a timely manner yes so are you planning for next year tour wise like 
have you been you know up in new england have you been in places that you haven't been obviously haven't been in places you haven't been but do you have things on your radar of hey we haven't been here we're gonna branch out this is what we're gonna this is the plan so i just played a show in maryland um this past weekend and i realized the country music scene there and the scene for them loving original artists is amazing definitely plan on playing a lot more shows in maryland upcoming year we actually already booked a few more dates for um new for us and um we have like a bunch of other places booked as well but it's kind of like the same tri-state area um and i'd love to branch out more but like i said it's just you know when you're an independent artist planning all the financing for all this stuff oh um, yeah it driving distance is a feat in itself so yeah i'm sure i I, I wish answers and access i I have a lot of people (laughs) to play places like arizona texas florida but i financially have no idea how to make that happen at this point in my career yet (laughs) well you know what you're you're gonna get there like you're gonna get there i think a lot faster than you think i hope so so you know i i appreciate your time so much you know i really do i thank you so much for being on the show and and taking the time and telling your story because i think it's very fascinating and i think you have you know you have some great potential you have great music you have a great personality um, you know, I think bigger and better is coming for you very, very soon. Oh, thank you so much. You're and welcome. Good luck with your podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Now, you know, I know I don't typically have questions, um, but I do want to know what your boots and what your whiskey are. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So for my favorite pair of boots, anything that goes knee high, knee high country boots are my thing. Nice. And for whiskey, um, Jameson. Okay. That's pretty, um, it's pretty standard. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Nothing, you know, nothing too fancy. Just something so that's what's readily available. Yours? What's yours? Oh, my boots are Ariat's. Um, and my whiskey. Oh, man. I really like Tennessee whiskeys. And I think Nelson's Green Briar might be my favorite for that. Um, there is a Texas whiskey that I really like. It's called TX whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good. Um, I'm not the biggest bourbon fan. Um, I know that's sacrilegious to say to a lot of people. <laughs> um, but for bourbon, definitely Eagle Rare if I have to, you know, go go that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't really tried anything yet that I haven't cared for all too much. So, see, that's my problem. I like have a drink every now and again, but it's usually like vodka. And when it comes <laughs> to whiskey and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, like dark liquor, all that doesn't really like love me. So, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. A vodka drinker. Yeah, for me, whiskey took a long time to get a taste for, and then I don't know, good or bad. Once I did get a taste for it, it was like, oh, this is what I like now. Oh, the hangovers are so bad for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally the other night I, I was like having, you know, like I had like two, two drinks and I woke up at 5am and was pouring Pedialyte and a gr- take, eating, <laughs> eating a granola bar and going back to bed and I woke up and had some more again. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's funny because like I can drink whiskey now all night, go to bed and wake up feeling absolutely fantastic the next day. Wow. I hope that I transform into that type of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of like, mutant I've become. 
<laughs> oh man well megan thank you so much for being on i'm i appreciate your time so much more than you can probably ever imagine and anytime you want to come on the show or have things going on you know please let us know and we'll we'll help you push and get it out there for you oh i truly appreciate it thank you so much for having me of course and we'll uh we'll talk real soon thank you again sounds great thank All you right. bye-bye Well, thank you again, Megan, for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you um, and hearing your story and hearing what you're doing and what you've got going on and what you've done. Um, I think it's a great story. I think, you know, for me, like I said at the top of the show, it has allowed me to understand and appreciate your music a lot more. Um, You know, like I said, and I'm I'm okay with saying this. I hope she's okay with hearing it, but it's not... Not typically my my style of country music, but you know what? It's great, and it works. And like I said, after hearing her story and going back and listening to these songs, I was like, damn, okay, I get it a little bit better. So thank you, Megan. Thank you for like making this show full circle, what it's supposed to be, you know? And I'm glad I was able to, to do that. Um, again, everybody, thank you for tuning in for the new people. Um, you know, we typically release an episode every week, um, but I we got busy this year and a lot of things got put on the back burner um, and releases got a little hairy there for a little while. So, um, you know, we had to, we had to shift and adjust and move and, and whatnot. Now we want to start fresh come January, which we will be um, the month of January. We have book solid um, February is on the map and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We've got a lot of things coming up in 2023 you don't want to miss. So stay tuned here with us at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Like, follow, subscribe, all that crap. We're going to get back to YouTube, too. Um, we're also doing um, – you can subscribe to this show. You know, you can pay a buck, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you want. Um, it'll help help this show drastically. So we thank you so much for that. Um, you're really, without further ado, guys, thank you so much again. Follow us on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that crap. Um, And until next time, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers.